All right, good day, everybody, and welcome to the Story of America with me, your host, DeAndre Pace, and my most esteemed colleague and co-host, the impregnable, since he doesn't like me to call him that, uh, Rhett Hamilton, a writer of the Federalist Papers, <laughs> and joining us today... Fake, fake news. <laughs> joining us today is my buddy, uh, Nuclear Maga Todd from Politically Provoked, um, He's going to join us today. It's another episode of Casual Saturdays. We're going to talk about just about anything. But um, what I want to start talking about with is I want to I want to focus uh, continue because the episode we did on Wednesday I haven't posted it yet because of the memory issues. So I'm still transferring crap so that I can post that one uh, to the show. This one will go up on stream as we as we usually do. Um, and then it'll come up onto the podcast at a later time. Same thing with the one we did before. I thought I had posted it, but apparently it went as a draft, so I got to go fix that. Uh, but I want to continue going over what we talked about <clears throat> on Wednesday, which was the, the raid on Miralago. And Wait, because Miralago was raided, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, but I have. Was I was able to get my hands on the search warrant uh, for Mayor Lago. I'll turn my camera back screen off real quick. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of crap back there, which is why I used this background, but oh well. So I was able You're to get able my to hands. get your hands on it exclusive. You're the Exclu only one who's got it. Exclusively. I, know, I, I wish I could say this was the affidavit, because I think we can get more information from the affidavit. Uh, I've shared... I've shared this with you guys, so everybody here has a copy of it. Ah, this is a peach wine. My first time, my first time drinking a peach wine. It's relatively, relatively tasteless. I, you know, that's why I prefer reds. Uh, but I, have, you know, I don't know. Did you tell? Did you have a time, uh, a chance to read over the warrant, Rhett? I haven't even. What about you? Paying attention to that. What about you, Todd? I did, and it, because it was highly redacted, I really want to see the affidavit. I want to know what probable cause they had to go and do this. But then I remembered that the DOJ has been weaponized, so they don't really need any probable cause, and they can just – it's a fishing expedition. And um, no, so I, I did read it. I think the first day that it came out, but there was nothing really – I mean, photo books and – I mean, it was Yeah, I mean – this oh. one it has some minor redactions. Uh, the only thing that's redacted on this one that I can see is the signature on the last page. So I'm going to read this for the for the audience to hear because this this is the most baseless uh, search warrant I've ever seen. It is so nondescript. Uh, Rhett, you've had some run-ins with the law. I don't know. I don't know if they've ever had to conduct a search on you before but no. um but uh and but you're you're more astute and legal and legal uh matters than i am uh with your with uh what you've researched and whatnot so when i read this search warrant this is how basis of this first of all it was not even administered by a judge it was administered by a magistrate well a magistrate is you know it is a judge but they're low, they're they're you know uh on a lower on a lower level so this this is the warrant it says united states district court southern 
uh, District of Florida, case number 22-MJ-8332-BER. And it's got, I've, this one's been stamped uh, and filed under seal in resealed search warrant. Notice of filing of redacted documents. The United States hereby gives notice that it is filing the following document which is a redacted version of the material previously filed in this case number under seal. The search warrant not including the affidavit, which is the key thing that we're missing here, the search warrant not including the affidavit signed and approved by the court on August 5th, 2022, including attachments A and B. The property receipt listing item seized pursuant to the search filed with the court on August 11th, 2022. And it was signed by Juan Antonio Gonzalez, the United States attorney in Florida. So this is what it says. United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida in the matter of the search of briefly described the property to be searched or identified the persons in the name of the address. Uh, the premises located at 1100 South Ocean Boulevard, Palm Beach, Florida, 33480, uh, as further described in attachment A, case number 22-MJ-8332-BER, search and seizure warrant to any authorized law enforcement officer. An application by the federal by a federal law enforcement officer or an attorney for the for the government requests to search for the following persons or the property located in the Southern District of Florida. Identify the person or describe the property to be searched and give its location. See attachment A. I find that the affidavits or see this is what we're missing the affidavit here that the affidavits or rec or recorded testimony established probable cause to search and seize the person or property described above and that such search will reveal identify the person uh, described at the property to be seized see attachment b which again we don't have the affidavit it says here you are commanded to execute this warrant on or before August 19, 2022, not to exceed 14 days in daytime, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And it says, unless delayed notice is authorized below, you must give a copy of the warrant and a receipt for the property taken to the person from whom or whom the persons and the property was taken or leave the copy and receipt at the place where the property was taken. The officer executing this warrant or an officer present during the execution of the warrant must prepare an inventory as by required by law and promptly return this warrant and inventory to the duty magistrate. Pursuant to 18 US, uh, USC 3103A-B, I find that immediate uh, notification may be adverse result listed in 18 USC 22705, except by delay for trial, and authorize the officer 
executing the warrant to delay notice to the person on whose property will be seized or searched. And this was signed on August 5th, 2022. Now the raid didn't happen until three days later, when Trump was conveniently out of office. Attachment A says the property to be searched, the premises to be searched is 1100 South Ocean Boulevard, Palm Beach, Florida, 33480, is further described as a resort, club, and residence located near the intersection of Southern Boulevard and South Ocean Boulevard. It is described as a mansion with approximately 58 bedrooms, 38, uh, 33 bathrooms on a 17-acre estate. The locations to be searched include the 45 office, all storage rooms, and all other rooms or areas within the premises used or available to the former president of the United States and his staff, and in which boxes or documents could be stored, including all structures or buildings on the estate. It does not include areas currently, and for example, at the time of being searched, being occupied, rented, or used by third parties, such as Mar-a-Lago members, and not otherwise used or available to be used by the former president of the United States and his staff, such as private guest suites. Attachment B says the property to be seized is, and this is the kicker, this is how you know that this is a fishing expedition. All physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of 18 U.S.C. 793-2071 or 1519, including the following. Any physical documents with classification markings along with any containers or boxes, including any other contents in, in which such documents are located, as well as any containers or boxes that are collectively stored or found together with the aforementioned documents and containers and boxes. Information including communications in any form regarding the retrieval, storage, or transmission of national defense information or classified material. Any government and or presidential records created between January 20th 2017 and January 20th, 2021, or any evidence of the knowing alteration, destruction, or concealment of any government or presidential records or of any documents with classification markings. That's attachment B. And then here's a receipt of everything. And it says here, this, this is all that was taken. United States Department of Justice Federal Bureau of Investigation receipt for property collected and seized. It's, uh, case ID has been redacted. Name Mar-a-Lago, street address 1100 S Ocean Boulevard, Palm Beach, Florida 33480. Description of items. Four documents. You know, I love how they are willing to redact the the name of the person who signed for it, for it, but they refused to redact the address of the former president, even though anybody could Google yeah. where, Mar where Mar-a-Lago is at. But I love how they met, how they did that. Uh, four documents. Hey, this is a description of items. Four documents, 29 
box labeled A14. Number 30, a box labeled A26. Number 31, a box labeled A43. Number 32, a box labeled A13. Number 33, a box labeled A33. Number one, an executive grant of clemency uh, for Roger Stone. Number one, A, info re president of France. Number two, letter bound box of documents. Two, A, various classified TSSCI documents. Number three, potential presidential record. Number five, this is so incriminating, binder of photos. Number six, Another very incriminating one, binder of photos. Number seven, a handwritten note. Number eight, box labeled 8-1. Number nine, box labeled A-12. Number 10, box labeled A-15. Number 10A, miscellaneous secret documents. Number 11, box labeled A-16. Number 11A, miscellaneous uh, top secret documents. Number 12, Label a uh, box label A17, 13 box label A18, 13A miscellaneous top secret documents, uh, 14 box label A27, 14A miscellaneous confidential documents, which could be anything that has to do with anything. When it says confidential, it could be old contracts from Trump's former former business partners, for all we know. Number well, line two, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Timeline they went from 2017 to this whole presidency. Sorry, oh, yeah, they went through his entire presidency, they could get whatever they wanted. And so, the number 15 box label A28, number 15A miscellaneous secret documents, number 16 box label A30, number 17 box label A32, number 18 box label A35, number 19, box label A23, number 19A, confidential document. Number 21, box label A24, 22, box label A20, uh, A34, 23, box label A39, 23A, miscellaneous secret documents. 24, box label A40, 25, box label A41, 25A, miscellaneous confidential documents. Uh, 26, box label A42, 26A, miscellaneous top secret documents. 27, box labeled A71, 28, box labeled A73, and 28A, miscellaneous top secret documents. And it has it was received by, and that was on 6.19 p.m., August 8, 2022, that the rate was conducted and that they were given this receipt. So when you look at what they came in there for, and I also have to report on the fact that the FBI said that they had fears, or at least a rumor that's going around, says that there were fears that there were nuclear documents or nuclear codes that the president had with him, which he's been cooperating with them for four, for 565 days now. If it was so urgent that they needed these nuclear documents, why did it take them 565 days to get a warrant? And not only that, why did it then take them an additional 
three days to conduct the search. Why do they have to wait for the president to leave to go to Trump Tower before they thought it was okay to conduct the search? Yeah, why? Well, okay, well, uh, to clear up the whole thing about nuclear codes, I guess that's what people are saying. That's not how the nuclear codes work. They're changed every day and they're not kept by just one person. That, and the people who keep them aren't the president. The president doesn't see them unless he requests to see them. And then nuclear bombs don't get launched unless two people standing far enough apart both put their keys far enough apart to where one person can't do it. This is how they're set up in submarines or in the missile silos. Two people have two different keys and they have to turn them at the same time. But I think they just said nuclear documents, but maybe some people have said codes. Go ahead, Todd. Um, yeah, the whole, well, what this will trigger is, that, and they started fishing this, I think, after probably um, January 6th, because they needed them out. If you mishandle, which is what Hillary Clinton did, too, it's so funny, people forget when she, you know, she said that those little C's on there, they, she thought that they meant something else. She didn't think that they meant classified, you know, which she had a no, because she's a secretary. Yeah, of state. she's bullshit. Obviously. And then they smashed their devices. So while they were under subpoena, you know, everybody forgets this too. But of course we have two sets of justice in this country. So I think they want to trigger, they're so scared that they don't want him to run in 2024, that this is their out. And it, and it is, it's a felony and you cannot hold office if you ever get accused of mishandling nuclear secrets. So yeah, the, you're uh, Rhett, you're absolutely right on the launch codes. Cause my, my uh, partner, Justin was trying to tell me it was launch codes. I'm like, nah, bro, those are changed every day. You were spot on on that. So I just think that they're fishing and you know, what if they're looking for old Russia collusion documents Exactly. For the Epstein list, like we still, this Judge Reinhardt is literally associated with Epstein, and no one's. Yeah, it's, a, it's an Obama lawyer, uh, an, an, Obama, an Obama judge. They had ties with the, with Epstein's, with the Clintons, with the Obamas, and they hate Trump. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, isn't this one of those uh, people that they had to uh, remove? Uh, from one of the committees that was investigating Trump because there was such a bias against him? I don't know about that. I, I know he's from Palm Beach, and, I, and that's where I'm at. I should get you some Mar-a-Lago footage you can put with this. Uh, I'll drive by there tomorrow if you want me to. I don't have an HD camera. But this guy, Reinhardt, was with the prosecution. He retires to go, and what he did was he, he, um, he, he represented the pilots, and he represented those four girls, um, I can't think of their names right now, that worked with Epstein. So this is what this guy, it was a highly unusual thing that he left the prosecution to go work for defense. And then he comes back and he's now back with the prosecution or, you know, the state again. So it was a very weird little transition this guy did. And then we have to get into Barry Krishner, too, the DA of uh, Palm Beach at the time, too, another crooked scumbag. So. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm wondering, like, what if they took stuff that Trump had up, whether it's Hunter Biden, Russiagate, or the, um, um, what was the other thing? The January uh, 6th crap. Well, well, I think that's what spurred this on, too. The January 6th commission is what made NARA, you know, and National Association of Records or Archives, 
trigger this. I mean, I mean, it's just so unprecedented. But and, see here, but here's the here's the thing that people refuse to talk about. You know, people, you know, the left is always talking about, oh, what about isms? Because you bring up Hillary Clinton. Well, Hillary Clinton had literal classified documents that she is not allowed to have. See the pres. See, here's the thing about the president having classified documents. Barack Obama has 31 million pages of classified documents and top secret documents at his estate in Chicago. He has every right to have those, even if the presidential arch uh, records archives have been asking for them since he got out of office. Wait, and how do you how do you know he has that? It's public knowledge. He said that he was going to convert them to oh. uh, to digital, and. Well, Nara, I, I have to. So Nara did come out and say that they are holding all those documents because Trump brought that up on True Social, I think Thursday night. And and in another unprecedented move, Nara or the archives came out and said, "Hey, no, we're holding those for Obama." So they ran to sim for Obama, which we should know because the whole deep state is just so in bed. But uh, go ahead, sorry. So, just like any other president. President Trump has the authority to declassify anything, and he said that he he said that he declassified all of these documents, which you can't really you can't even prove that he did that or not. Another thing is even if he didn't declassify them, he still has top secret clearance. He can he can still view any any classified marking of any. Of any class as a sitting former as a uh, as a former president of the United States, just like just like Bush, just like Clinton. Oh, I don't know, maybe not Clinton <clears throat> since he's you know been impeached, but just like Obama, Bush, um, and Jimmy Carter, any uh, currently alive former president still has top secret security clearance. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, did not have the power to declassify anything. According to this search warrant, which they said that they were looking uh, for evidence of destroyed doc classified documents, well, Hillary Clinton destroyed documents, well, bleach spit, smashed them with hammers, or the blackberries, de deleted them. Uh, we know for a fact that the Russians and the Chinese, at the very least, have seen some of those 33,000 emails that were on that server, we know that. So when the, when the left says, oh, it's a whataboutism, no, it's not a whataboutism. It's a direct comparison to what we've been saying this entire time, that this is a, two, that this is a tiered justice system. Because Donald Trump has not broken any crimes. Hillary Clinton broken broke crimes broke actual crime uh well you know what i mean broke any laws has not committed any crime should i say uh hillary clinton actually broke the law committed true crimes and you wanted to do a see a season search where's the fbi season search on hunter biden to get information that could be dangerous to us that's going to china ukraine i mean we've we, we've they've had his laptop for three years four years i think 2019 yeah they so at least three years and, and they've done nothing they're not going to do anything actually the whistleblowers who came out to grassley i don't think i think they had until this friday which is which is weird 
Maybe that's why they did this, too, to take a little heat off an incoming um, indictment of Hunter Biden. I, I know better, but, you know, let me hope. Let me think that maybe, you know, something's going to happen. with Well, that, okay? do you know, I, I hear rumors that the, that what's going to happen is that this is going to be a, a guilty plea so that he'll get less time. That's that's the rumor that I hear. Uh, but. But, I mean, there are actual real threats to our national security with the Bidens right now. Just, just with Hunter alone, and we're not even talking about the, the how brain dead Joe is, and the corruption that could possibly be from him. Because we do know from the voicemail that he knows everything regarding his son's business dealings, and we know that he was using Hunter as a proxy to do all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so since we're on nuclear, I don't know if anyone remembers the 2018. Alan Ho was prosecuted. Alan Ho was uh, working with CNG, which is Chinese nuclear group, okay? They were working on a reactor that was basically like six feet, I mean, the small reactor, and uh, you, you can Google him real quick, his indictment. He did uh, 24 months, but his first phone call was to either James Biden or Hunter Biden, which is very weird because neither one of those two are lawyers, right? So this had happened. Peter Schweitzer did extensive reporting on this. They are bought and sold by China. And one other thing, this company Henges, H-E-I-N-G-E-S, that they sold, um, they, it's, it's a dual-use company. It has vibration tech. So my hypothesis is that they stole anti-vibration tech for submarines and sold that to China, too, with this company, um, Henges, the one that they sold in 2015. And um, the Obama administration okayed that. So how is this not treason? Um, you know, I, 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 I know better, but I really do hope that these people get held accountable one day. I do know it won't happen, but unless we the people do it. I think the only way that would happen is uh, a revolution or a convention of states. I think the only way that happened is that Donald Trump has, has to win in 2024, and he has to come back like like a beast unchained from hell and fire the entire bureaucracy and i yeah. think that's the only way that it happened and uh he's going to have to get somebody like jonathan ratcliffe to be his attorney general because john because ratcliffe was pretty good as national uh, director of intelligence uh but whitaker whitaker yeah I, I i love whitaker too i i almost forgot but i was about to say him too whitaker um, Whitaker or Ratcliffe, somebody has to be his, his uh, attorney general that will actually go and conduct these searches because I like Bill Barr, but Bill Barr did not do his duty as the attorney general and actually investigate uh, much of these things because we're still waiting on the Durham report and nothing's really happening. We keep hearing all of this stuff, oh, the bombshell from the Durham report, bombshell from the Durham report, and nothing actually ever happens. And it just goes on and on and on. The media is not doesn't cover it, and so everyone's completely forgotten that the Durham probe is even continuing to happen. Well, I hate to pop your bubble on Durham, but Durham's the guy that got rid of all the CIA torture tapes and Abu Ghraib, and uh, so I knew nothing was going to happen with that. And Bill Barr's got to cover up Iran Contra, literally, and uh, he did one and, and Waco. No, no, not Waco. Ruby Ridge. He actually was totally okay with Ruby Ridge, so I was never a fan of him. But I think they just placated us, right? They kept us passive aggressive. They said, oh, man, just trust the plan, man. Just listen. It's coming. And nothing ever happened. And, of course, January 6th, all the rhinos uh, left Trump hanging and lurched, you know? 
Kelly Loeffler. Oh, the only one that's remaining left is Liz Channing. And she's she's doing so badly that she had to get her dad to come out of retirement and do a political uh, advertisement for her. And she's advertising to Democrats because nobody's going to vote for Liz Cheney. All of the other ones have been have been primaried and replaced with Trump guys. Well, I think that proves that this uniparty, to see that they are pushing, they're also pushing very far right candidates. They're pushing QAnon candidates to try to make it easier in the, you know, in the general in November. So it's a very, it backfired on them in 2015, 2016. I hope it backfires on them again. The only real repercussions we have is that we can get um, a majority in both the House and the Senate and possible impeachment of Merrick Garland and a possible impeachment of Trump. But what, what happens with the impeachment? We get Kamala and then, I mean, what happens with the vice? Does Pelosi turn into vice until a vice is nominated? No, no she, she'll pick a new one. She'd have to pick a new vice president. Uh, Pelosi would still just be Speaker of the House. If she even remains Speaker of the House after after November, um, then then in which case, if if it flops over, I think right now what it would be Kevin McCarthy, who yeah, I'm, who I'm also not fond of. Um, but at the same time, the thing is, it doesn't have to be either one of those guys because technically. You do not have to be a member of this of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. Speaker you could, Trump. You could have anybody be Speaker of the House. And I told I I was uh, joking with a friend of mine, and I told Rhett this uh, on our last show. Uh, so th- so this this is what Trump should do to piss them all off. And what he should do is is he should run for president, have Ivanka Trump for vice president. It'd be his vice presidential pick. Because, you know, if he was going to ever pass on the reins to any of his kids, Why it's going to be Vonka. saying this again? You know that they can't do that. You and wait, I, I'm not done yet. And then... Uh, You're just going to keep saying stuff that is illegal. And then have, and then have uh, Eric Trump be Secretary of State. <laughs> and the House nominates uh, and, and uh, elects Donald Trump Jr., as the Speaker of the House. <laughs> that's the only thing that you said that's actually not illegal to do. Yeah, the Speaker. You know, JFK, that's why, because he, he made uh, Robert the Attorney General. After that, they were like, nope, no more. Well, and, that- you know, and I think that really started to happen due to Warren Harding, if you remember the Ohio gang, how bad that was, uh, how he gave well, all of his the, friends. That, I mean, they, they were his friends. It was legal for him to do that. The law didn't change until John F. Kennedy. But yeah, picking people who are all, you know, your your hometown friends clearly is not the best course of action for a cabinet. The teapot yes. dome scandal. <laughs> it's one of the few things I remember learn actually learning about in uh APUS history. I remember uh very specifically they said that Warren G. Harding had a heart attack on the toilet and died after being so stressed out from his friends and his administration. Well, poor, poor Warren Harding. Uh, at least, at least, he, at least he had a better death than um, than Elvis. I mean, they both died on the toilet, but how is that better? Oh, uh, his was from natural causes. Elvis's was from overdose. Opioid, yeah, his was opioid induced. I mean, either way, oh. they both died on the toilet. Does it really matter at that point? <laughs> but now Warren is forgotten, except by like 
political buffs like us. Nobody well, else you, remembers him. You know, Warren Harding was the best president when it came to economic recovery. And the reason why is because he was the only president that, to my knowledge, that during a time uh, when we were having some very economic turmoils, he cuts he cut spending and then he literally did nothing. He implemented yeah. nothing. And the market grew on its own. And then we then we created the roaring twenties as a result of him doing nothing. And of course, well, then bro, that led to the stock market crash. Well, well yep. that was based on Woodrow Wilson and uh Herbert Hoover mm-hmm. coming in trying to Herbert Hoover. A lot of people uh, always overshadow him because of of uh, FDR, but Hoover Hoover literally did everything to try to avert uh, the market crash and wind up causing it to be worse. And then FDR came in and prolonged it significantly. Well, dude, they just spent they just spent a whole bunch of money to reduce inflation. So I know. I learned in school that that will definitely bring down inflation. Wow. So I feel a lot better. What What are you saying, Rhett? How, I mean, how can somebody, in how AP? can people be that economically uh, illiterate? Do you want to know why? Is that because, what you learned in school? Because they don't read. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I think we learned it. They probably taught us in school that FDR was a hero. Yeah, they kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember, I remember specifically, we used to say FDR was a boss. Him and Truman and, the, and those portraits in the back of the books when FDR's to the side and he's got that uh, chiseled chin feature going on and Truman's yeah, got those... down in his wheelchair and everything. Tr- Truman's got that cold stare of death through his glasses at you. It's like, those guys are bosses. I don't remember ever saying that. You were the one but... that said it. You were the one that's like, oh, he's a boss. Well, you always tell me stuff that I don't remember from high school. So that's that's because your brain's deteriorated from all the drug use. No, I remember a lot of stuff. I just don't remember, like, you know. You don't remember. You don't remember being a communist. It's okay. It's it's a it's a dark time in our history. Yeah, I don't remember that because I never was. <laughs> all hey, all, all people, all people were communists when they were indoctrinated in, in schools. It's okay. Yeah. When you, I literally was. I, I was an Obama fan back when I was in I, high school. Yeah, so. dude, you I were. I was never, I, dude. I grew up in a super conservative household. I actually became less conservative, but not to the point. I mean, I went to the University of New Haven. I spent a year, my first year of college, in Connecticut, and that I became almost like an anarchist because of. I mean, not because of that, but that's kind of the path I took. And they were not brainwashing me. I was just well, like, dude, these people I don't know anything. Think you nearly missed it. <laughs> what? I think, I think, I think our generation narrowly missed the the indoctrination. I mean, it's been happening throughout the years, obviously. Dude, but I as, can't be as far as it as far as it is right now of how they are really pushing it, we narrowly missed it. I mean, have you got? Did you guys see the video uh, where there's kids? And they're they're forced to sit there and talk with a drag queen, and it's on it's on it's on a commercial. It's on no, YouTube. I try not to watch that kind of stuff, man. You know, I <laughs> I, I find it in my newsfeed. People are reacting to it. You know, uh, Brandon Tatum and and uh, well, the Hot Swins are reacting to it. Well, what about the church? Did you just yeah. see with a rainbow sh- sprinkle titties? Or I shared rainbow. that with Rhett. Uh, the church just a drag show in the church yeah. in New York, and. Aquafina. It was Aquafina Velvet or something. I uh, yeah, that's, 
I, I thought it was a fucking Chucky doll. It looked it looked hideous. So I ask myself, who who in the church allows that? And it's kind of a sign of the times. It really is. I mean, they're so upset about not being able to. Meanwhile, nobody in the church says anything about it. They just go right. with it. They, they, they were, right. they, they were right. cheering. They're they were cheering. like, like yeah. my God. Like, but it's but it is New York. New York is a faithless. Uh, if if we if we gonna if we want to go by some of the conspiracies about new Bab about mystery Babylon, New York is where the harlot, uh, the statue of the harlot is. And so that has nothing to do with Kamala, you. You're just making that. Babylon. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> New, New York is New York is is uh is New Age is New Age uh, Etrusca. Uh, I definitely think you're just interjecting stuff in there. That's definitely has nothing to you, do with that. You can't disagree that New York is New Age Etrusca. I don't. I don't even know where where to go with that. I think it's a, a a debaucherous and evil city. I think most. I think cities in general are a very bad idea. Yeah, it has been proven as such. I believe. Um, even in the time of the founders, you know, we've been finding out with the reading of the Federalist Papers. Uh, I think the safest places in the United States, which is proven, are the, are the rural areas in which we grew up. You know, we grew up in Socher, Mississippi, and well, you you grew up in Hattiesburg, but moved to Socher. Um, but we grew up in. I'm pretty sure that at one point in our lives before we even graduated high school we met every person there is that lives in socials that small probably but then again like well it's social is one thing but like gulfport i don't know i've lived in gulfport for a collective like a bunch of years a long time you know i would leave and then come back but i still every single day run into like not run into people but see people I've never seen before in my life here in Gulfport. And it's, it's like 75,000 population. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. And that's the second largest population within this, within Mississippi. I think uh, Jackson's at like 82,000 or something like that. Jackson's uh, over. It's, it's over a hundred. I think it's like 120. Has it increased that, that significantly? I don't think it's been 80 something for a long time. Uh, yeah, but I'm from a small town up north too, so we had boroughs and stuff. So I just think that things have just become so untenable right now. You would have never seen that when I came up, and I'm from Philadelphia, not New York. New York has always been a little worse than Philly. Philly's five years ahead or behind, however you look at it. But you would never have seen that, and it's because people are scared to say, "Hey, this is wrong." Hey, you're grooming kids. Hey, you're doing it. I, I could. I was taken aback by it again today when I seen it, and I, and I thought to myself, how are anybody in the church, any church father, any pastor, any deacon, how are they okay in this? And the church was filled to the brim with people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking. Right, you ever think about Nazi Germany and wonder, like, I wonder if I would have been a Nazi? This is how you know. Well, yeah. If you're one of the people that would have stood up and said something, if you're doing that now, then you probably would have done it then too. Right, and it's time. We have allowed this as men. We have allowed this foolishness to happen. So it's time to stand up and say, no, no more. And, you know, I, me, me and Mr. Pace get called racist all the time. And it's like, well, wait a minute. How are we racist? 
because we don't have a monolithic thought process. As blacks, we're supposed to think one way, and you know, well, yeah, we're supposed to vote Democrat. And if we if we're not black, if we don't, so it's it's just I, I don't know where we're going, but we do have to stand up. And we have to face this evil now. I, I use in 2012, I didn't care, right? Oh, just let everybody do what they want to do, and I, you know, I don't really care. But now it is, it is, uh, it, they've went to the children now. Very, yeah, you very, know, I, I agree with that because uh, we we used to say all the time, you know, I'm going to vote the way that I'm going to vote. I don't really care about you, per se, because it doesn't affect me. But now people are starting to wake up to the fact that, yes, you do need to care what somebody else's vote is, what somebody else's opinion is, because it does affect you. Just because it doesn't affect you directly doesn't mean it's not going to wind up affecting you in the long run. And that's where the right and people who are conservative and uh, on the right side or even the central side of the political spectrum have failed, have failed to realize to the left over these several decades is that they have been inching at this one mile at a time encroaching further and further on other people's rights and we continue to say well it doesn't affect me personally so i'm not going to get involved until we're at where we're at now where they no longer have to hide what they're doing you know I, me and rep well, me and rep reviewed the video um where they're at davos talking about all of their schemes schemes and plans and how they and how they think and they're televised it they no longer need to hide this information from us anymore because well, one side of the country, one side of the world are already hooked, line and sinker. And that side just happens to outnumber us. And they have the largest voice because of the media. No, they don't outnumber us. It's a vocal minority and vocal minorities have taken countries over before. They took over Nazi Germany as a minority. Bolsheviks were a minority. It's, it's just, a, you know, Whoever is the most determined will win. It doesn't matter if they're not. So, Rhett, are you you saying to me, Rhett, that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes? Because if you're saying that we that we outnumber them, you're you're telling me that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes. Is that what you're saying, Rhett? (laughs) I'm telling you that the group that you're talking about specifically, uh, the, the radical left, is a small group of vocal people. And then the people who just follow them, I'm not saying that they're part of the same group. They're just useful idiots. I think yeah, it's well, hard to, to separate them from it now. Well, no, they're just, they're just, I think the Davos crowd, you have, and then the, you have the World Economic Forum. So let's go back to 2017 when Trump goes to Davos and he tells them in their faces, we are not going to be globalists. And then in 2019, he goes to the UN and he tells the UN, we're not going to be globalists. Well, after he goes to Davos, George, three days later, George Soros takes out an op-ed. And then after he goes to the UN, George Soros says, hey, I think this is that's when he makes his speech. I think Trump's going to be a, a, a phenomenon that disappears in 2020. Well, a couple months after that, of course, they hit COVID and, and you know, we all know how that went afterwards. So I think Trump challenging these Davos crowds that I'm using air quotes and the uh, World Economic Forum cost him this raid this week. It, it's you know what I mean. It's all well. I, I mean definitely... you're you're understanding right because Schumer had told Trump this. He said what what did he say? He said 
Six Trump, days if you Sunday. if you come after the 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 the, the intelligence community. Six days from Sunday, they have what? How many? So many different ways to get back at you. Yeah, and, and that was on January fifth of twenty seventeen. This is when they're launching RussiaGate heavily. This is when Joe Biden is in the Oval Office unmasking Michael Flynn illegally. That happened on January twelfth, and, and it's just and of course the inauguration. Uh, he gets in on like January twentieth, and then January twenty fourth, they're already interviewing Mike Flynn. With bullshit preface, uh, I'm trying not to curse. BS, um, preface or whatever preface for that investigation. So it was totally set up. Actually, it started in 2015. Uh, Trump made a speech to, I want to say, some kind of energy group, and he did get paid for it. There was only 350 people, and 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 that was their print. That was all they needed to say. This guy's a Russian. And and people bought it, hook, line, and sinker. They're still buying it. My Justin, my friend, my good friend Justin, still believes it to this day. I challenge him all the time to debate me on it, but he won't. It's an easy win for me. But it, it has been disproven. Russia collusion has been 100% disproven. And the declassified documents. Somebody that doesn't know that at this point is just choosing ignorance, basically. Well, I mean, or they're sick of, or sycophantic behavior. And the right does the same sycophantic behavior. So I will call our, our side out. Nobody here, but I mean, I, I'll call them the MAGA Republicans, you know. the. Oh, yeah, the, there's definitely a Trump cult. I yeah. call them out. I definitely, I don't. You have, to. you have to. We have to do that as well from the right. And just in an appropriate way, in a healthy way, and say, look, man. This doesn't work. This dog don't hunt, man. You know? So. Yeah, and you know, as we've been going on this journey uh, with the Federalist Papers, taking a look at everything that's going on and how our founders envisioned our country, we're at a point right now, and we, you know, we always say this almost every episode now, but it I mean, we we have no choice but to say it, where we're we have three possible roads that we can go that can salvage our country. Two of those routes lead to the most bloodshed that the world will probably ever see. One of those routes, along with the other two, lead to the possible dissolution of the union and rebuilding of it. That would be and those three routes are a second revolution a second civil war or a convention of states. And yeah, those are I, really our I, only three options that we have here. And two of them are bloody. And one of them at, at the very least is dissolution. Yeah, we couldn't hit another civil war. So, so the rev, why not, you know, I, I hold this. Why don't all 535 members retire? And we need to go back. How did how did ancient Greece and Rome learn people? You know, they did their two years. And while they were away, people took people tended to their crops. Right. And then they came home and it wasn't about the money. But I, I don't know what the solution. We can't keep going like this. We can't have two tiered systems of justice. We can't have the IRS buying billions of rounds. But meanwhile, they're telling me I can't have a 30 round magazine. It, we cannot continue. We can't continue with all this debauchery, drag queen story time stuff. I mean, you are coming for the kids. You can't say you're not, or else you wouldn't need to read the kids' stories, right? The kids. Yeah, the you kids wouldn't have to have commercials trying to right. get kids. I mean, like today, I was just watching a 
watching a, a video by the Hodge twins about a, a student school counselor who's talking about we are marginalizing pedophiles by not calling them, well, we're marginalized minor attractive persons by calling them pedophiles instead of maps. Yeah, Tom Foolery did that same thing. He tried to tell me that, you know, there's a difference between a pedo and a child molester. I said, they're the same to me. When you get locked up <laughs> in jail, differentiate. They don't care whether you're a pedo or a child, but chomo, chomo is what you're called. You're a chomo. But the point is, I mean, it's crazy that they get these word salads. I don't, either way, you're harming children, man. I don't care whether you're a pedo, child, you know what I mean? You know, the, the important part of this equation is you're harming children. So uh, it's absolutely nuts. I, I don't, we're in clown world. Again, we've let this happen. So hopefully we'll rise up. Um, so the civil war can't happen. Hopefully, yeah, I mean, do you really think, what do we need to get a, we need 35 states at least, right? You need 36. 34. 34. Uh, to yes. And I think they need like 14 more. Oh, it's already it's already in 19 now huh i i don't know for sure um i know that it's over halfway there and if every state that it's being presented uh to in the legislature agrees to it passes it then it will happen so without derailing what, what direction do both of you guys see this going what do you Rhett, what do you think and deandre what do you think where are we going <clears throat> Uh, civil war probably my predictions uh 15 uh, states my 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 prediction is um closer to revolution Uh, (laughs) i know another reason why i say revolution is because i feel what what rhett and i have been doing here uh what you guys what you do with you uh with your show and and how you've tried to convert britney and all the other fools and what we see from all, so many different people is a very revolutionizing idea. Uh, if we can get back to the roots of what the founders intended, you know, me and Rhett, we write all the time and, uh, and probably write in the same manner in which some of the founders did. Um, and if we can get to that level, I think that we could find ourselves in, a, in, a, in another revolutionary war um a revolution that's fought with ideas but unfortunately with what the government has just recently done it looks like it's going to be fought with more than just ideas it's going to be fought with guns and arms i mean Rhett, did you did you see the uh the article showing that the irs uh says that you need to be armed and willing to use deadly force in order to be an irs agent? yeah i saw that but it's it's more it's it's more nuanced than that it's still not okay but the reason that they said you needed to have um, weapons is because uh, it's the investigative division. So it's, it, they're hiring detectives that are going to be investigating crimes, but still, it's eighty-seven thousand of them. Like really. And then, so one of the fact checkers on Facebook, you know, a lot of our fact checkers, they say, "Oh, it's not true. The Biden administration is not hiring eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents. They're they're only planning to hire eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents over a period of time till twenty thirty-one." So your fact check is, is that they are hiring eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents. It's just not happening on day one. Okay, 
mean, I, I get it. <clears throat> you know, whatever. Still too many. Even one more is too many. Well, all the while they want to disarm us, but arm literally the one the one branch of government that nobody likes, except for the government themselves, which right. is well, the IRS. The founding fathers thought that what was it, three percent tax, and we're paying what thirty percent right now. We're paying ten times what the founders was. Actually, we pay. We actually we wind up paying more than that, depending on where you live, and it's and if you're a business owner. Um, <clears throat> Uh, some some who don't have such good lawyers and don't actually have businesses uh, can wind up paying upwards of 60%. And if Bernie Sanders ever gets his way, well, he's, he says conduct a 70% uh, federal tax. Well, that's before you apply state tax. City tax, if your state, if your city requires a city tax, property tax, employer tax, employee tax, um, uh, and what is it? Uh, the the tax that you have to pay for unemployment, the unemployment insurance tax, uh, paying for health care and all those other things. Well, by the time you get done with that, and I've done the math on it, and in a state like California and New York, if you lived in the city, you'd be paying over one hundred and one percent in taxes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's absolute. So, I mean, we know what our founding fathers would have done. I mean, we <laughs> then, so I, I don't, I don't see the revolution really happening. I don't, I don't, I don't think people, I think, I think it's too far gone. I think we are already, you know, heading towards the gulag. I don't even know if we're gonna have an election in 2024. Well, you see, sure. the reason why I say it's a revolution is because if we do the civil war. You cannot win a civil war without changing the mindset of people. You can say that you can say that you we won because we killed everyone on the other side. But if we don't change the mindsets of those people, this is where the revolutionizing part comes at. If we don't change the mindset in that in those people, then all of the bloodshed is for nothing because we'll be right at the same point and we'll never be able to come back together. So we have to have something that bonds us all together at the end of the day. And that's what the Constitution's been doing for so long. It's just a shame that nobody wants to adhere to it anymore. Um, but we have to have something of that caliber that's going to bond us all together. Otherwise, we're going to be gutting ourselves for a while, for a good while. And and at, particularly at the time that we're in right now, where we're technically in World War III right now, uh, this is not a good time in history for us to be getting ready to have a war amongst ourselves. We we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up to be wiped off the map. If we aren't careful. I mean, I, I, I would, if I was China, I would try to go into California right now. You know, Biden would probably wouldn't even probably wouldn't even mount the response. Could he, could he, I mean, I think he has so much dirt on Hunter that I mean, I don't think he could do anything. Absolutely not. So, yeah, if I was, uh, I don't think Biden would. I don't think Biden's that far gone because if it came over here to America and he did nothing, then that would definitely expose him. So I think he would do something, but it would be. Would it be delayed? I think so. Well, I think they're taking Taiwan. I mean, it's oh, they they, they're 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 doing that 
before the end of right. the year. China already said that by Christmas, Taiwan will be back into China. Right. Because it's exactly what Russia did, right? As soon as Biden, after Afghanistan, they do this big ramp up, right? They're doing 175,000. It's just an exercise. And well, man, it wasn't really an exercise, but. I mean, I guess we can keep sending Zelensky money, you know? I mean, think about that money grab that's happening. What did we just send this week? How many billion did we send this week? And we're still sending them money, but um, but uh, we still have no infrastructure over here. You guys decided to spend another uh, trillion dollars on nothing. I mean, that spending bill is 752 pages long. And over 400 85 billion dollars of that goes to the IRS. Where's the where's the help for Americans in that? How much money does the IRS need? If we are trying to help the American citizens of in a time of inflation, why are we giving 8585 million dollars to the IRS of all people? I just don't understand that. You have a trillion dollar bill the vast majority of it goes to the IRS, and the rest of it is divvied up in government projects. And I think it, I think it only winds up coming down to, I think less than ten or fifteen billion goes directly to actually aid citizens in some form or another. Yeah, I didn't even read that one. I, I'm, I'm so yeah, no, I didn't want to get more pissed off. So. Didn't read that bill. Nope. Didn't even look at it or see how any of it was being spent. I mean, they could have hired some school resource officers, right? We're so mad about schools getting shot up. We could have hired 87,000, you know, school resource officers. So I don't know. I think that would have been money better, better spent, but, you know. Apparently they thought so too. They thought they thought that money was better spent on arming the IRS to go after People making less than $75,000 a year, because that's what it says in the bill. Well, you know, that's what... Biden said that, oh, we're not going to target anybody making less than 200000 When the IRS conducts audits, people who make less than $75,000 a year are the ones that are most targeted by the IRS because they don't have the money to protect against audits. You know, when you do that thing on TurboTax and it says you want to pay for the audit defense thing, most people say no to that because they don't have the money to afford uh, an uh, an attorney to protect against audits. Yep. They're definitely, I, I posted a study the other day from Syracuse. It says, uh, I think it's five times, the poor people are five times more likely to get audited than any rich person. I mean, we only have, how many billionaires in America? 700? 400, 400, I think. 700 in the world or something, but yeah. yeah. I think it's and so you, you, you need 87,000 new IRS agents to audit 400 people. Right. You, may, you should just get 400 agents to audit those uh, 400. Or if, or, or if you think you need more than that, you get 10 per, get 10 per billionaire, that's 4,000. And I think 10 is too much. So, But what do you need 87,000 for? If we did the math on that, let me, let's see what that comes up to. Uh, eighty-seven thousand divided by four hundred. Uh, that's about two hundred and seventeen and a half agents per billionaire. Yeah, way, way, way too many. 
but yeah, so it's obvious that the American people are going to be the ones getting audited. So what about if I Venmo you 50 bucks, right? We make a bet on something and I Venmo you the 50 bucks. Are, are we going to get audited now for that? Is that going to be? Yeah, it's, it's, it's entirely possible because uh, all of the stocks that I purchase and sell on, on, uh, on Cash App and on my other forms that I use, uh, the money that I make on this podcast that I haven't cashed into yet because it hasn't become sustainable for me to be able to make money and pay Rhett and my other people that come on the show. Um, if, if I don't disclose that when I file my taxes, I could be audited and I could be fined several thousand dollars, which exceeds completely what I was able to make. You know, I get $10 off of a thousand dollar Tesla share. I cash in, I cash in $10 of that share and the IRS will come and audit you because you didn't report that on your taxes and you wind up owing the IRS $800 for 10 bucks. And now they have the ammo to shoot you and shoot your dog too. Because remember, they always shoot the dog first. Something yeah. about the federal agents always shooting dogs. They have the ammunition now because they say you got to give them, you have to arm them, and they have to be willing to use deadly force to come force me to pay the eight hundred dollars by gunpoint if I'm on, if I'm on, if I refuse to pay it. They can lock you up. I mean, they they already could lock you up for not paying your taxes. They could take away your means of making money. If you were a lawyer and you didn't pay your taxes, the IRS could strip you of your license to practice law. They could disbar you from the ability to practice law. If you're a doctor, they could strip you of that. And then, then that's that's uh, that's from child, child support payments can do that. Uh, not paying your taxes can do that. Not paying alimony could do that. You know, men, we, men always get the the, the short end of the stick in these cases, but the IRS could already destroy your life if you didn't pay your taxes. Just just with those things to stop you from being able to make money, now they can come into your home at, and force you to pay it at gunpoint. Yes, sir. I, uh, again, I don't think the founders would be happy with that. I mean, th- I mean, this is da- this is the most dangerous and most politically charged times we've ever been in, uh, in our in our history of our country, in the history of of any modern country that's not corrupt to the core. Well, and that's armed to the teeth the way Americans are. I mean, yeah. I just I've, well, I've, see that that's the plan. That plan is disarm us, and then. They can come in and do whatever they want because we don't have the ability to defend ourselves against them. Well, I think they know better than that one too. They're going to try. They're going to try, but I think they do know better that the guns are always going to be around here. You know, yeah, of course, ghost guns now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ghost, but those ghost guns are hardly sustainable. What they can only you know do about one one or two shots before you or you have to make a new one. No, no, they're pretty good. I mean, allegedly, I wouldn't know anything about it. Allegedly, I, 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 I might have bought a 3D for. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah, Justin did. Justin, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. It was Justin. We're gonna. Blame <laughs> it. 
Oh no, Rhett, you're frozen. Oh, you, oh there, there you are. Now I can see you again. Uh, but I mean, just just looking at this, uh, we could talk all day long about the several conspiracy theories surrounding the Clintons. But as for Donald Trump, for seven and a half years, they have been trying to find dirt on this guy, because not because. Not because of anything he's done, but because he is literally the only thing standing in the way of the globalist order. He's the only thing that is who he's the only person who's dared stand up to them and say, no, this plan is stupid. The people aren't going to fall for this crap anymore. We're going to tear the veil off and let them see what's happening. And so they've been trying to find a way to get, get rid of the guy. And I just happen to say that Donald Trump, he is either the smartest man to ever live or he is the most clean billionaire to ever live because they have not been able to find anything with the top people who have been intentionally looking up dirt on him for political purposes and haven't found anything that can stick to the guy well you know julian Assange said that too yes he said why didn't you release anything about trump he says there was nothing so, you know, because he did, dude, don't forget, there was an RNC hack, too. The yeah. RNC was hacked with the DNC. So people forget this. It was actually hacked before the DNC, which leads to a lot of conspiracy theories on that one. But, yeah, Trump told the globalists, I don't want to be one of you guys. And, and that was another thing that uh, stuck in their crawl, too, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you shun the globalists. Because most people sign right up. Look at Obama. Obama's whole rise. I mean, I mean, we don't even know who paid. Oh, for Obama! Pa- Obama bowed to them, right? Oh, he jumped at the he jumped at the thing, and look at how meteoric his rise was. I mean, right? they 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 call us bootlickers. Obama was uh, the chief bootlicker of the globalist leaders. Sure, and and you know, I mean, you have this whole weather underground that that literally Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn. I mean, these people are still walking around. They said over 2,000 bombs in the 70s, man. And, and yet they're still walking around. You have people in Cuba who are terrorists. and So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, man. But, yeah, I, I think it's him thumbing his nose at the, at the globalists. Man, they're, they're pissed. And uh, they're coming at him. And, and now who knows what they planted in these boxes. I mean, they acted like Trump packed these boxes up. Like, I mean, really? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's another thing that nobody really reports on with this story is that the FBI didn't even know what they were going to look for. You know, they said that they had the specific documents that they think that Trump had. Okay, you think he had nuclear codes or some nuclear uh, classification or whatnot. If you knew that, you could have subpoenaed them and asked the president for him since he was already cooperating with the uh, presidential uh, archives. So, if the if the president Arkansas said that he was already cooperating, then why didn't you just ask for those particular documents? I mean, you I mean it wasn't so important that you couldn't conduct a search, you know, five hundred months ago, uh, but you had to do it now, just ahead of the election of twenty twenty two, and now that Biden is losing in every single poll, uh, but at the same time, um, when you talk about whether or not they plant this stuff within within those documents, well, now they're at the FBI office reviewing the documents, trying to trying to see what it is. So what do you have to review? You, If you said that you knew to, to what you came there for, 
why do you have to review anything? So you so they're just looking through stuff, trying to find something they can put on the guy. And there and there is rumor uh, that the FBI planted some stuff in there. But there's also some rumors going around from people on the right that says that this is all according to Donald Trump's plan, that the inside agent that tipped off the FBI was one of which was one of Trump's guys. And that after Rula Giuliani got raided and after the other guys got raided a year ago, they or and uh, a few months ago, Trump's been preparing for this moment. He cleared out everything. Uh, his safe was empty and he tipped them. He tipped off the FBI so that, so that they would fall into this trap. And so there's that's a rumor from the right. What if Kushner's the, the snitch? Because there's an alleged that he was talking at that with Cohen all the way back to Michael Cohen that you know that the FBI has said somebody is inside of the Trump orbit. Now look at this girl. Who's that girl that testified for January 6th? Remember, she worked at Mara Largo. Remember her? Uh, what was her name? Candace Hutchins. Uh, yeah, it was she. Was uh, you talking about the one who said that Trump that Trump tried to punch the driver? Yeah, the Secret Service. So that girl. So yeah, she, she said. She said that he. He, she said that he was in the beast, okay, right. in the beast, and, she, and Trump was so strong and so masculine, you know, Trump exudes masculinity so much that he punched through a six-inch thick steel barrier to attack the Secret Service agent. But he couldn't hold a cup of water, remember? And he made fun of him holding a <laughs> bottle. Yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, ne- I mean, never mind that Joe that Joe Biden, you know, can't walk upstairs. He shits himself uh, in front of the Pope. Uh, he had to be nursed around Israel, t- told the Israel the Israeli people that the Holocaust was an honor, um, and. Walk, walked around, had to be guided and pointed to walk at each area. And then uh, when when they were doing, when they were signing the bill for, um, I don't know if you've seen this, Rhett, or not, but when they were signing the bill for the Inflation Reduction Act, Chuck Schumer turns around and shakes Biden's hand. And in like three seconds, Biden forgets that Chuck Schumer shook his hand and sticks his hand out to be shook again and gets offended when Chuck doesn't shake his hand. Yeah, that just happened, I think, right? Yeah, that was like two days ago. Crazy, man. Yeah, I I I I don't I don't even well remember it was the most secure election ever and obviously eighty one million people voted for Biden. So come on. I mean, did you did you see that video, Rhett? No, I didn't see the video. I heard about it. Let me see if I can find it so I could share it for our for our audience here since we since we like to do some things for the audience here. Let me see. That's about Kamala Harris. Nobody likes her. Uh, let me see. What's this one? No, that's not it. Um, means of the day. No. Means of the day. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. When you have the memory of a... When you have the memory span of a goldfish, that's what John talks uh, <laughs> named this one. So I'm going to share this one here with you guys. Uh, screen number, screen number two, share. 
Did I share? Did I share uh, audio again? I got to make sure. I always forget to make sure that I check that. Yeah, I got audio. All right. So I'll take a look at this, Rhett. See, he gets, gets his hands shaking. Now our great speaker. Now he's like. Now he's like, oh, he forgot to shake my hand. Watch this. Shakes his hand. Shakes her hands. Biden sticks his hand out. He's like, what is? He gets offended. He's like, what? You're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> he gets offended. He's like, what? Why did you shake my hand? You were the first person's hand. He shook guy. And they talked so, about Trump's mental fitness. This is old news, but it's still funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just waiting to see what blunder he's going to make next because if he, I guarantee you, it he'll top the last one. I mean, and look, they keep on saying that oh, Biden wasn't trying to shake the hand of that ghost at that uh at that speech he gave for several months ago. Well, he's done it three other times since then. So either Biden has ghosts following him around or something's going on in his head. I mean, what well, the, the, the excuse was he was, he was looking at people over there and he got confused because there's supposed to be somebody there. Boy, what's, what's your, what's your excuse for this leftist? Oh, the fact it doesn't check even matter. Have... Like it's a, it's a given thing. Like everyone knows, even if they don't admit it. I don't even really like talking about Biden's uh, mental, you know, because everybody knows at this point. We don't have to keep saying it over and over. It just yeah, but to see him do it. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, Trump Trump was funny in a comical way throughout his entire presidency. I mean, I mean, actually, his his funniest moments happened before he was elected. Uh, that, I mean, that was comedy gold, especially the uh, hmm. the 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 Trump versus Hillary debates, and then the roast that happened afterwards uh, was comedy gold. When he says uh, Hillary polite uh, uh, bumped into me backstage, and I polite, and she said to me, and she politely said to me, "Pardon me," and I said to her. You have to wait until after the election. <laughs> oh, yeah, so but... that was funny. Joe Biden is funny in a sad way. Like, yo, it's, Trump, that's why me and so many people I grew up with have cancer. Yeah, he, he said, Did you see that, Todd? Yeah, I did. I did see that. Yeah, it was oil that... slicks in the snow. Yeah, it changed from <laughs> asthma to cancer. So I think Rhett's right. It's kind of like dunking on the kid, the slow kid. And so we know that. But I think it is important to shine the light on that. People literally voted for this dude when he was in clear decline in 2019. You know, so I so I think it is kind of important, you know, but you are right. It, it's so it's like a, it's just it's low hanging fruit. But yeah, uh, it's definitely low hanging fruit. I mean, if yeah. you see that and you think that he's fine, like I can't help you. And I'm I not going to convince you. I mean, okay, it's low-hanging fruit, but this is the president of the United States of America. Yeah, he's going to return integrity to the office. He's going to steer America back, man. And, I mean, 
at, they're at celebrating this, Caspian at four dollars a gallon. Like this is a good thing. Come on, man. Come on, man. What are you doing, man? You, you, you getting scared? You getting scared, man? You ain't got no soul, man. <laughs> it's like yeah. you getting scared. It's like, 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 yeah, like, like, come, like, come on, man! I, 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 I got hairy, I got hairy legs, and they turned, they turned blonde in the sun, and the kids were coming, oh, no. they would, and they would, Born they would rub my hand down, and Born watch, time. and watch the hair go, and watch the hair come back up. So, it's so yeah, I, so yeah, I, I learned, I learned about roaches, and I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I, I love kids jumping. jumping. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? How did you let that one? I mean. Dang. My butt's been wiped. <laughs> Keto Peter thing. How did nobody ask why his son literally has him in his phone as Peter? Yeah. And, and it's just, it would be like, even Peter Doocy, this is how you know Fox News is corrupt. And I still watch The Five. You know, it's the only thing I really do watch still. But, you know, it, it, like, they didn't even bring up 2000. Have they even talked about 2000 mules? Has Fox <laughs> News even brought that up? Is it? I think Hannity might, may have brought it up, and I know Justin Ains talked about it. I don't I'll watch Hank Hillman. No, you, you're good. Yeah, don't, because it's totally, it's just, it, whether it's CNN or Fox, you're getting a, a perspective that is their perspective. So, yeah, but, um, and, they, you know, and they don't talk about it enough. I mean, you know, after uh, what that, that, the, one of the black guys' uh, brother, uh, got killed in Chicago. One of the Fox anchors. I was yeah, expecting here. Yeah, I was expecting, you know, I was expecting him to come on outnumbered, and because you know Harris Faulkner, she was on vacation at the time, so I really wanted to hear what Harris Faulkner had to say about it, but she never really talked about it. She's getting a little more outspoken right now. She's getting, uh, you know, I'm ready to see her flip. I'm ready, you know, to see but I think, she, yeah, I think she is because you know, remember, she used to be the reserved one because it was uh, outnumbered was her and Melissa Francis, and Melissa Francis was the one that, I mean, she started off being really, really reserved, but she's, she, you know, at one point she got so fucking flipped, got tired of it, and I guess that's the reason why you know she's no longer working at Fox because she refused to, you know, um you know, hold her tongue on some of the things anymore. And Harris Faulkner, I think she's getting there. And we've seen that with, uh, with Charles Payne. You know, uh, I love watching yeah. Making Money with Charles Payne. I love seeing yeah. that guy. I do. I watch him before. And, yeah, I do. and he he has trouble doing it too. I mean, I, I can't remember how many times I've heard him curse when he's talking to Harris Faulkner. Uh, and he does it by accident because this stuff, it pisses people, it pisses people off that see it, especially somebody as intelligent as Charles Payne. You know, I love to see really intelligent black men. I wish Charles would, you know, turn back on the Popeyes a little bit because, you know, yeah, I want him to live long. And he's, he's getting a little, he's getting a little, uh, yeah. a little professional club action tight. going on. Yeah, he's getting tight. But yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I think that you're going to start seeing it. I, I do, I do like watching him at four o'clock. But like Red said, you shouldn't watching any cable news is. So I, I have turned to a smaller, smaller podcasts and YouTube videos. But I, I still do like to engage, especially this week. Actually, this week's when I really turned it back on. Like, yeah, wait, I mean they had Dan, but they had Dan Bongino on the five and. You know, I love watching Dan because Dan doesn't care whether he's on cable news or not. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's going to say what's on his mind. 
he broke a lot of the Spygate stuff early too. And that's where, so we, to bring it back to this more, that's why I wanted to see whose names, the only things that are redacted. So if you see Lisa Monaco, right, or if you see Brian Alton, right, or if you see certain people who are still on from Spygate, and then you see these people signing off on this warrant or any part of this, hopefully they were smart enough not to let anybody from the Washington field office have anything. They, you know, obviously, they hopefully they just bought people out of Miami field office, but I, I don't know. So that's why I want to see this affidavit. I want to see what probable cause that they had to execute this. Because if you are working with somebody, why wouldn't you just tell them, hey, we're going to come get these boxes in a week if you don't turn them over. We're going yeah, to you know, I, 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 I think that's them. the reason why Trump was like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and release, release the warrant. Because the warrant doesn't show anything because Trump never said that they didn't have that they weren't able to keep the warrant. He said they weren't allowed to keep the affidavit. Yeah. And so then they come up and say, oh, they the warrant was left. Well, no, no one cared about the warrant. The warrant, the warrant literally says nothing. No. It literally says nothing. The affidavit is what people want to see. I want to see the affidavit. Because it would it would clear in everything, and if you have real probable cause, why did it take you guys so long to do this? Five hundred and sixty-five months. Trump has had these supposedly top-secret nuclear documents for five hundred sixty-five months, and you never thought to conduct a raid then. And since nobody's above the law, maybe we can get those Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein list. Because if this maybe this judge Bruce Reinhardt is on the list, and maybe that's what Trump had in the safe too. Like, what if there is this weird Epstein connection? I mean, we never really finished that up. He died. He got killed or whatever. Died, right? He, no. he died of COVID in jail. He, he he coughed so hard he broke his own neck. That's what happened there. And I mean, just like Maxwell, it just, it just so happened that at the same time Hillary Clinton was having an epiphany in the middle of a forest at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and so supposedly there was a hit put out on her too. Now, don't know. Well, I mean, we, I mean, now we have actual uh, bounties on the heads of of Mike Pompeo and John Bolton, uh, former Trump guys. So Bolton, nobody cares about, but Pompeo was loyal to Trump to the to the end. Though I think he's still more loyal to the CIA than he was to Trump. Yeah. Because he could have released, this is where I get mad because like we have the Hillary Clinton emails, you know, they're on the Wiener laptop. So when, when they picked up the Wiener laptop in 2016, all the emails were there. So in, and Pompeo is on tape saying he had, they have them at state department or whoever was supposed to recover them. So these things are out there and it's like, if nothing happens, man. While, like you said, we went over all the lists of shit that she did, police bidding, smashing them while they're under subpoena, and yet Trump gets raided over for records. And, and, like, what if it's something on Iran's nuclear program? What if it is, like, Obama literally got them because they were giving them heavy water in 2015. Now, you can't really make uh, nuclear stuff with heavy water, but I think you can, it helps with refining shit. I don't know. So... What if it's something incriminating against Obama, the Obama regime and Brennan that actually were helping the Iranians move their nuclear program along, right? That would be top secret still, and that would be 
a nuclear, you know, I, there's really nothing American. And we have some hypersonic shit that we're trying to do nukes wise. But I mean, I, I don't know what, what new, new stuff on the horizon we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what it would be. And I, you know, and that's the thing that I, that I'm looking at here is, uh, I think the people in Trump's cabinet that we that nobody really needs to worry about were the outsiders that he brought in. Um, ben Carson, classy guy, no need to worry about Ben Carson. You know, um, I would love to see Ben Carson's original plan for how you're going to get rid of the IRS because I think it's more needed more now than ever. Uh, however, I don't think Ben Carson's interested in politics anymore after the crap that they put him through. Um, because Ben Carson's just a really chill, you know, intellectual black guy. He doesn't have the patience for it. Um, unfortunately, Herman Cain is dead. So there goes that well of information. Um, uh, Kaylee McEnany, who's on Fox now, loyal to Trump to the very end. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's uh, running for governor. Uh, I can't remember what state she's from. I think it's Arkansas, I want to say. Or is it Minnesota? So it's it's somewhere. Oh, it's is it Arkansas? Yeah, she's running the same state her dad was. And so, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, she got out of uh, right, rightfully so. I mean, she stuck in there for a long time. Uh, and after they, you know, they attacked her family and everything like that. So I can understand why she had got enough of it. But she's loyal to Trump to the very end. But, you know, there were some people that Trump got rid of that some people say he shouldn't have got rid of. I say that he's that it was okay for him to get rid of, like, like people like Steve Bannon. You know, Steve Bannon may have been really good uh, as a campaign guy, but as a guy to be in the actual office as an administrative person, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think, he doesn't have the skills for that. I think for campaign and outreach programs, I would love to have a Bannon guy, but just not in the administration. Crap on an old bunk. Something happened with that. That there was something that happened with Bannon. I mean, he should have fired all senior, all senior executive services. The SES have to go. They're deep state. That's how in the first impeachment, Eric Chiarmella. Right, the whistleblower was literally a holdover, a CIA holdover from Brennan. So, and then he happens to hear this phone call, you know, that has been proven to be warranted, right? Hunter Biden's stuff in Ukraine was real, it was happening, and we should have looked into it with an incoming election. That's they're literally, you know, what else is lost on people? We're a hundred days from midterms, and they did this. And so, we have the FBI again getting involved in an election. Exactly like they did in 2016. Now, they didn't do it in 2020 because Trump was in the executive. So obviously he was running. Well, he wasn't really running the DOJ. So, you know, these deep state agents were still running themselves. But in theory, he was supposed to be running the DOJ. So anyway, remember Rod Rosenstein, who is another one of these guys, these holdovers, was his interim uh, uh, attorney general. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, uh, de the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, that was for Jeff Sessions. And Sessions, oh. Sessions was horrible as an attorney general. He didn't do anything 
uh, really Trump's best attorney general was interim attorney general Matt Whitaker. Thanos, that's what I called him. He looked like Thanos to me, you know what I mean? He played uh, college ball, too. That's why I like Whitaker. He played at Iowa. You know, I, I used to have a name for, for him, but it wasn't Thanos uh, because he, I, geez, whoa, who did I used to compare him to? I don't want to say King, I don't want to say Kingpin uh, from Spider-Man comics, uh, but he can, I mean, he, he's got that really stalky neck I mean, Whitaker, Whitaker was an intimidating looking guy. He can, he showed a presence at Congress when he had, when he did those hearings and he was really Trump's best person. It was unfortunate that Trump couldn't pick him to be the permanent attorney general. And then, you know, we got William Barr and who I thought was a good attorney general, but he just, you know, he's so much about the process and not about what's right all the time. It has to be about the process. And because of that, he failed in many avenues that were important. Yeah, I, I totally, again, with the Iran-Contra thing, anybody who's with the Bushies, I just, I, I don't trust them. You know what I mean? If anybody from that 80s Bush crew or Reagan, you know, well, not really, not the Reagan, I didn't have a problem with Reagan, but the Bushies, I did. Yeah. And it gets into a bunch of, you know, conspiracy stuff when his dad was at CIA. But, you know, just and the advent of the Safari Club and, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, which was basically just a bunch of hired mercenary killers at CIU. So, oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you know, I, I am, uh, I'm looking forward to 2024 because of this because i think this if it does if they can't find a way to disqualify trump from running this will without a doubt guarantee that trump wins 2024 and i think this uh gives credit to mike pence actually because mike pence at the speech that he gave to the cpac was trying to tell Donald Trump, and I don't think he was making a jab at Trump, but I think he was trying to tell Trump that if you want to win this next election, as much as we all agree that there was some fishy stuff happening in 2020's election, that you have to leave that in the past and focus on the future. And this will force Trump to focus on the future. And if he focuses on the future and hard with this, Trump is going to have an army of votes, the likes of which the world has never seen, especially now that the Supreme Court and various states are finally coming out and laying down the rule of the law, which is that these mail-in that mail -in voting and drop boxes are illegal, which they were illegal at the time that they were out there, but they wouldn't, they just, the Supreme Court just wouldn't say anything. But since they finally decided to grow some testicles, uh, now Democrats are going to have to go out to the polls and they will not be able to beat the flood of Trump voters that go to the polls. Well, I don't know if they print up ballots and they start pulling them out from like with that Ruby Bridges in Georgia, 
you know, then then I don't think that, you know, I think we do have things to worry about. If they weaponize COVID again, you know, we'll have a let you know. Well, I mean, yeah, there, there is that to worry about because they're trying to weaponize monkeypox. They've well, unleashed another virus in China that's infected 35 people. Um, and we have a polio outbreak in New York where now yep. polio is in the water. Yep. So it, it is funny. You know, and see all these things in history, a little bit of history repeating. It's especially the polio thing because we killed polio. The last wild case of polio died off in the 70s. So when I when I use the word wild as it, as it refers to medical science, that means that the polio that's out there right now is either a mutated version that's escaped from a lab or the original version that has escaped from a lab or has been released into the public intentionally or accidentally. So that's literally the only way that a dead virus could resurface because polio is not a virus that has been shown to be able to mutate on its own and and, uh, and wild. And the thing about viruses is, is that unlike other uh, single cell organisms, viruses are parasitic and they actually require a host in order to live and will die in a very short period of time without a host. You know, you're talking days uh, that they can survive without a host. And so for polio to have just been floating around in the water in New York for, you know, 40 plus years and have not infected anybody, that is highly unlikely in the field of medical science. Yeah, I, I don't know. All I heard was that it was in the water up there, man. I started thinking about Fauci. Well, there, there, I mean, there, there are, I think there's like 10 people who actually have contracted polio. Uh, obviously not to the level or stage in which it was for FDR, uh, you know, with the paralysis. But then they come up and say that there's a, that it's in the water now, which is very dangerous uh, because that New York is supposed to have the best water, drinking water in the world. And if New York's drinking water is corrupted with polio, what's that say about the rest of our drinking water? Yeah, well, did you see there ain't, there's no water out west, man. Lake Mead's dry, the whole, in, in England, there's a bunch of uh, droughts, too. Well, I mean, you take a look at things like Bill Gates buying up all of the farmland, and we've talked about that here on the show before. Uh, the globalists, they're buying up everything uh, because the shortages is part of the plan. They said so at the Davos. You know, they said that the shortages, the hunger, the, starv the starvation, the deaths, nuclear war, all of that is just peas and carrots to the greater plan. And that uh, the woman, I can't remember her name, uh, she said that the people need to understand that the pain that they are enduring with inflation and food shortages, among other things, including crime, is all going to be worth it for the vision that they have for the future. Yep. Agenda 2030.
rapidly approaching it. I mean, we you mean you you can't make this stuff up. You know, it sounds like it came out of a Star Wars book, but this is real life. And people are not so blind to it anymore because of technology, one of the advents of technology, but also because the media is no longer hiding it because part of, as I said earlier, part of the country, part of the world is so indoctrinated that it doesn't matter. But there were, there are people that are on the edge that can be converted from their religions of leftism as leftism has become a religion in itself uh, that can be converted with by facts. Uh, and when people start to point this stuff out, because if you don't go and research it and watch different news media, you'll never see the stuff that we're talking about. So when you actually go and you show this people this, uh, this stuff to people and show the stuff come out of their mouths, then they start to change their minds, they start to come around and they start to wake up to the scheme and the plan. And even some of those leftists that uh, that still believe all of the crap of you know anti-Republican, anti-right and all that stuff, but they have awakened to the, the, the evils of the left and all of that stuff, even those people are waking up to seeing everything. Well, I hope so. Um, it's due time. I don't think we can survive much longer if people don't wake You know, Ben Shapiro said uh, on one of his shows, I don't like Ben Shapiro because his voice annoys me. Um, you know, but at least he's usually right uh, when he speaks. Uh, but uh, he says that he doesn't think that the collapse will happen very quickly. I think he's wrong. I think that if we were to collapse, it would happen very quickly because we've already been through decades of decline in uh, immorality and the degeneration of our core values and whatnot. So when you're doing a, a war that's played on, on this grand of a scale, well, you don't start off with the Blitzkrieg. You finish with it. And so that's what they're going to do uh, for for the end game is they're going to finish up with the Blix Creed, the big final war, the big final battle that comes in and collapses everything in lightning motion because it's far easier to destroy than it will be to rebuild things. So once they get to that point where they can come in and take it down on lightning speed, they will do it. Yeah, I believe it. I, like I said, I wouldn't even rule out China taking Taiwan real relative. I, I don't know about by Christmas, right? Because they got to move a lot. Of, well, they don't got to move it that far. They don't got to move far at all. Yeah, so they really don't have to move a whole bunch of, uh, you know. I mean, it would be bad. We, we do have them surrounded. But, you know, I don't even know if Joe Biden would do anything. Would Joe Biden do anything to defend Taiwan? He couldn't even make a statement about it. You know well, he made it. He made a statement about it saying that, yeah, he would do it. He would go to war over Taiwan. But then the White House walked it back and said, no, oh, Joe doesn't know what he's talking about. Which lets you know that he's not the president of the United States. If the White House has to come back and say, well, Joe Biden, 
Well, the president didn't mean that. Well, he's the president of the United States. I would think that his that his word would mean something. You would think. Definitely think, but I don't think that's the case. So same thing with Russia. Same thing Russia did. This whole buildup, and he did nothing about it. Or didn't well, they, it. well, now they're they're actually egging Russia on because they're trying to invite, uh, uh, what, uh, um, Finland, and was it Denmark or is it, uh, one of them Denmark or, or is it the Netherlands into um into the United Nations. And that is 800 miles of border that they now have with Russia, the UN. And the entire deal of the UN was not to encroach upon Russian territory uh, where the old Soviet was, from which is where, uh, not, in not including Germany, but which is where the wall uh, that Gorbachev had built through Western, uh, Western and Eastern Europe. And they were not supposed to encroach onto that border. And now they share 800 miles of border directly with Russia. Well, plus that high Mars missile system that we're sending and that's hitting now, it's hitting into Russia. And they're like, yo, you're, you're giving them coordinates. You're giving them these missiles. So you are in essence firing on us, which are not really wrong. Russia, you know what I mean? It's yeah. no different if, if the Mexicans... We're getting Chinese rockets and firing them over our border, right? We would tell the Chinese, hey, stop giving the Mexican these, these missiles. So, yeah, I mean, and, and this is the same thing that happened with the Cuban missile crisis. We didn't want them putting their missiles in Cuba. Right. But we have missiles in Turkey. Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, you know, I, I, I appreciate you coming on to the show. We're, we're at about, hey. you know, our two hour point. So this is usually yeah. where we bring things down. So. Uh, I always like to give my guests the last word before I do outros. So just go ahead and uh, let let the people know uh, who who you are, where they can where they can find you for great content. And I know that you got some stuff uh, in the plans and in the works that hasn't come up that hasn't come to fruition just yet. So let's kind of let the people know what's going on. I am Nuclear Magatod. I have all the launch codes down here in Mar a Lago. And I am going to be broadcasting those codes about September 3rd. So I will be having a new show coming out. Um, we don't have a name yet, so we're working on that. We're not going to put the name out yet that we have. And um, so stay tuned. I want to thank you and I want to thank Brett for having me on. I look forward to coming on in the future. And um, yeah, just stay tuned and you'll, you'll see some content from uh, Nuclear Magatod coming out. And like I said, we're going to have launch codes. We're going to be down here at Mar-a-Lago. Um, selling nuclear secrets and maybe Mark Garland will pay me a little visit too. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, that reminds me, uh, we didn't even get to talk about the fact that they, that they um, apparently had to go into Melania's panties in order to get some deep, some, uh, some documents out of them. Right. <laughs> oh, well, we know what they would have found in uh, Hillary Clinton's closet or, or Michelle Obama's closet. So <laughs> well, that's that They'd have found Michelle's foreskin. <laughs> oh, big Mike. You know, I never, I, I, the left, that was a meme that the leftists, I don't believe it, right? I don't truly believe it, although you could see why you did. 
But I would literally share that meme, and that's how um, you know my old coach. People would lose their shit on Facebook over that, so I just shared it to make people lose their mind. <laughs> you know, I I don't believe it either, but I mean, Michelle's got some big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, but you know, and her brother is uh, Craig Robinson, who played uh, played college ball at Oklahoma State. So they're you know, they're, yeah. So yeah, they got some athletes in the family. Yeah, they got some athletes in the family. You know, you know, and, and, it, and it just so happens that Michelle. Married a married a nerd and Brock. So you know Brock obviously was no athlete. He sucked at playing basketball. Oh, uh, we saw we saw that when he would do it when he did it. You know he he might have did it better if he wasn't smoking those cigarettes when he was trying to shoot shoot ball. Uh, I'm gonna do a link of some of the Lavelle Crawford on Trump and the difference. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. I love that one. Very funny. <laughs> he said Trump Trump uh Trump. Push the prime minister out the way. Move, bitch. Yep. He said, he said Barack never did anything. Like <laughs> he said, when was the last time Brock fingered Michelle? What was the last? He got a, yeah. he had a pussy ass shit in that dog. Yeah. He had yeah. no pit or rock waller. He didn't <laughs> cook no barbecue. Yep. He didn't smoke no weed. <laughs> he was, I, I hate it. They call him the nigga president, nigga president, because he was never. A motherfucking nick. He said, "But but Donald Trump, Donald Trump is a real nick." There's a follow up too. There's a follow up one where he talks about January sixth. Did you see that one? Yeah, I've seen that one. Oh yeah, Lavelle Crawford is one of my favorite. Gonna take it. Yeah, the white the white white folks they when they get pissed off they say, "Oh, damn." He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, uh, he said, oh, he said, why is all about white folks? They said, it's uh, the black folks, they just woke up late. They said, said, what we're gonna be there at six o'clock sharp in the morning, don't be late. Say, six o'clock, you don't get up till about noon. They said, you say, uh, we're not gonna take it. Who knew? Yo man, I love I love Lavelle Crawford. Yo man, uh, his head don't match his body size. Now that he lost all that weight, though. Exactly, that's what's happening to me. I'm I'm down. I'm down a lot, and uh, yeah, my head's getting too big for my body now. So don't don't get fat in the first place. Number one, <laughs> but number two, you are better off losing it. But yeah, you're. I literally I don't know if I can go. I'm I'm getting a lollipop head. Well, it's a good problem. Man. You know, I'm still, I'm still convinced that I'm taking you away from great gut feel right now, tires. Yeah, I, I, that is, that is literally what I look like. You see, you know, you see. I just don't care because it's crazy. But I know over here we're we're okay. Yeah, you I mean you're, you know, you're 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 sitting there, uh, in the you know the oversized chair. You know, I I love watching great gut feel at nighttime. You know, tires has to. Oversized chair. Everybody else has that skinny ass chair. Tyrus got the lazy, like got the lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, he's like six nine, big boy. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and you know, but, uh, speak, speaking of big guys, uh, Kane just got reelected mayor in Knox, Knox County, Tennessee. So, yeah. a big red machine is second term for mayor. Uh, you know, and I, I love Kane. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. And really genuinely nice guy, really genuinely intelligent guy, you know, for a guy that big 
Like Kane is huge. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Scott Hall, bro. I'm a Scott I know Hall. Scott Scott Hall. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace. You know, I, I I love to watch Kevin Nash talk about him because you know the click. We're all we're all close together. And you know, I, I was just I was just watching today some uh some footage from of JBL and Kane. They're doing a little conference. I think this was like seven months ago. They're doing a little conference and they were talking about some of the old stories and stuff. So I was just watching some of those things. You know, I could sit back and listen to some of the stories of those legends for a long time. And I I wish that I was alive to be able to see the spectacle of Andre the Giant back in his prime. I did. I, I got to see Andre the Giant at the Philadelphia Spectrum a couple times. Now, we weren't very close. Because even wrestling tickets back then were expensive. My, you know, we we're middle class. My dad made sure we got there. And and let me tell you, you could tell how big that boy was from you know. Yeah, I still yeah, remember. You know, and I, I was watching uh just today an episode, uh, you know, uh, Andre versus King Kong Bundy, and you know Andre was seven foot four, uh, five hundred and twenty pounds at his heaviest. I think they said he was almost six hundred pounds at his heaviest. Uh, you know, up there with Yokozuna in weight. Um, but you can see, you know, a lot of people say, well, Andre was only seven feet, but you know, you can clearly see in the vid- in the video uh, with him fighting against King Kong Bundy where Andre's spine, his back, you can see how the, how the folds are, was being compressed by his, the, the sheer mass of the guy, similarly to how Hulk Hogan lost like a whole foot almost. Due to having you know, his spine been, you know, collapsed on itself from doing so many leg drops for over the years. Yep, it takes a toll. It does yeah, take a- especially a guy the size of Andre, because you know when Andre when it was in was in his prime, he used to do drop kicks and you know Jimmy Superfly snooker off the top of the ropes. Yeah, so- no, yeah. If you look at uh, his old, yeah, he was very athletic wrestler. Yeah, I like to watch the old, you know, uh, Jim Crockett's really got a very huge, uh, you know, the dude with the tennis racket. He was uh, Jim Crockett. He's got a huge history up in his attic of all the old take, all the old wrestling stuff. Google his memorabilia. He's got a lot of old stuff, you know, before WW, when it was back WWF. Well, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been uh uh, back when it was WWF when Vince McMahon Sr. had it, right? Well, that's that's right. And then there, then you had like the Minneapolis, right? You had them all. Yeah, yeah, the Smoky Mountain Coast. Wrestling and uh, all of those different territories. You had WCW. Then you had NWA down south, too. Remember NWA? Uh, yeah, and there was also the AWA, too, after a time. AWA, too, right? And it, that was very um, – and I do – I used to get wrestling. I was a big wrestling – I followed wrestling until the NWO till like 97, 98. Yeah, well, I, I, I've obviously me being born at the time that I was in. I, right. I got, I, I followed wrestling from the Attitude Era up into, uh, I, I kind of stopped watching wrestling around 2011, 2012. I think the, the last time I truly watched wrestling, like every week. Uh, was just after Shawn Michaels retired. Right. Yeah, I love the old DX days, too. The, the DX. Oh, yeah. 
You know, and I I go back and I look at some of those old matches that Bret Hart would have. And, you know, Bret Hart would have matches, great matches of anybody. I remember when um when one two kid, uh, you know, uh, uh, Xbox, one two three kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when he had his first match in WWF against Bret Hart, and that match was like almost twenty minutes long. Had no reason to be twenty minutes long for a for a nobody at the time. You know, the one two three kid, but. Bret Hart gave him such a great match, and that was a very entertaining match to watch because usually you don't get to see moves that technical because most of the time you got guys the size of The Rock, Stone Cold. Yeah, he was good. He was aerobatic too. Yeah, a lot of good aerial stuff. And that also just made me realize just how long X-Pac's been in the business (laughs) because a lot of people don't think of it because, you know, they think of the character – X-Pac versus when he was one, two, three kid, similar to Kane. You know, you don't think about the Unabomber or uh, Isaac Yankum or Fake Diesel uh, as sure. Kane as Kane characters that all existed before he became Kane and, uh, in 97, uh, 96, 97, you know, at the, uh, Bad Blood when he first came out there and uh, interrupted Undertaker and Shawn Michaels Hell in a Cell match, uh, which is still one of my favorite Deep, I think I think Kane's de- debut in wrestling is probably the best that has ever been done. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's, the, a, the, that's a whole other two hours to get into wrestling. Oh yeah, but you know, the the story build up was was amazing. You know, we I think it was almost a year. I think it was like, I think it was seven months. I think it was that they did the build up with Paul Bearer. Another right. uh, another legend that died, unfortunately. You know, yeah. uh, Paul Bear. Oh, Kane is coming, Undertaker. Yeah. You know that the whole voice and he's doing the whole thing, and you know, yes. month, yes. months later, he he said they laughed at me. They called me names. They called me. And he's like, oh look at that. Oh, your brother Kane. He's missing an Undertaker. I mean. Oh, yeah. Paul Bearer was amazing. Yeah, yeah. but it, yeah, like you said, that's a that's another two hours. <laughs> two hours. Just, talk, just talking about old old school wrestling. But again, I want to thank you yeah. for coming on my show. Um, you. you know, I've been on your sh- on you guys' show quite a quite a while, uh, quite a few times. Um, bef- before you guys, uh, you know, got kicked off of YouTube. To, you yeah. Know, and typecast it for being one hit, one you know, just doing one subject. So, but yeah, we're gonna get back to doing some things, Justin and I. So, and it'll it'll have a little bit of sports and politics, and because I think there's a lot of people who follow sports that need to learn about politics. You know, oh yeah, just know who the quarterback of the Eagles is. You need to learn who the speaker of the house is. You need to learn what's really going on. So we're gonna try to blend. And there's a lot of co- there's a lot of cool things in sports too. I mean, you know, me, you talked about. Uh, some of the old boxing legends, you know, Sugar Ray, uh, Joe Lewis. Obviously, you can't you can't talk about best boxers about mentioning Muhammad Ali or Tyson. Uh, I or, even in there for defense. Not he has no hand. He, he has no pop. He's not going to knock you out. But from the shoulder roll and, and even Bernard Hopkins when he start throwing defense. Yeah, it's, it's, that's another two hours for you too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't have as many sports tales because I, you know, I, I watch the fights and stuff like that. But you know, when it comes to the to the other sports, all you know, the ones that the ones that involve the ball, 
I didn't watch too much of those because yeah, yeah, I watched not as dynamic. I you know just it was a different time though too, and I got so much age. So I I grew I watched. I think every every basketball final from probably the '86 finals on, I was about 11 years old then, and I remember '86. Well, yeah, you. I think it was a bit different time for you guys, for you too, uh, because I mean, your basketball legends from you oh. know from Co- from you know time oh. when Kobe was up, was up and coming. You had people like like oh. uh, Walk like Wallace on the team. You had obviously you had your Jordans, you had your Mike, your uh, Allen Iverson, uh, but the basketball stars in that era, they weren't a bunch of prima donnas and pussies like they are right now. Yeah. That, that's what I tell people. I said, if you, if you will let Michael Jordan guard Steph Curry, it would be lights out and, and hand check him and do all the things. I'm talking about eighties basketball with Steph Curry. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was a tough SOB. So small, yeah. but tough. And, and I'm telling you, these boys just wouldn't have, they just ain't built for it. The way those boys were. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't see that uh, when it comes to the ball sports because you know uh, of the way it is. But you know, people see it more clearly when it comes to those to the fighting uh, fighting sports when it comes to the WWE because you take some of the wrestlers that's in WWE right now, drop them in the eighties and Hoka and the rise of Hokomania and, and Macho Man, uh, Ultimate Warrior, or you drop them in the Attitude Era with your Stone Codes, your Undertakers, and uh, in their primes, all oh, these guys they can't they can't cut it, they can't do it. Yeah, no, no, no not at all. Nope, they wouldn't stand a chance. So. Yeah. Anyway, but, I'm gonna run. I yeah, I'm gonna go just getting. Yeah, yeah, you know me. I gotta get up early. I don't wanna yeah, sleep but, in. Again, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Rhett, DeAndre. Thank you again. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Rhett's Rhett's left. His internet went out. So. Again, I want to thank you guys for coming on, uh, for watching us tonight. Uh, we're we're going to be same time tomorrow. We'll actually a little bit earlier, uh, seven o'clock tomorrow. Federalist Papers will be doing. Um, I think we're doing uh, sixteen through twenty uh, through twenty, something like that. We're going to be doing the next series on that. So you guys like and share our content. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, share our content on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker Audio, everywhere that you can find us, Disturb America, PW, Disturb America with Payson Williams, and we will see you guys the next time.